Good morning, my lovely jubblies. Welcome to another episode of the greatest podcast in the world. This is the RR Show, and today we are jumping into episode 169. Nice. Today we're going to jump into some fabulous stories from r slash let's not meet. So grab your tea and your popcorn and let's jump right in with our first story from Female Cactus to the guy that tried to kill me. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm 19 female, French student, so please excuse my English. This happened to me last week. I was heading to my apartment after seeing a friend. I took the tramway at 11.30pm because I didn't feel comfortable walking at night. As soon as I sat, a man who was already sitting nearby came and sat in front of me. I uh, had a very strange feeling about it, so I told my boyfriend by chat. Then I stood up to get out of the tram. But the man quickly got out after me. He was weirdly following me. Not walking behind me, but next to me. I was getting very anxious, knowing something was wrong. So I continued to walk to the avenue I live in. I crossed the road, and he didn't. So I thought it was okay, but after a few seconds, he crossed the road too, and was walking behind me. Then he passed me and was walking in front of me, so I thought I was just being paranoid and that he was just walking his way too. But near my building, he stopped and waited until I met him. He asked me if I had a boyfriend and all. I answered, yes, sorry, good evening, as polite as I can be. He proceeded to leave in front of me, so I was walking slower for him to be farther from me and to make sure he didn't know I was almost home. I turned into the little pathway heading to the lobby of my building. But I was still anxious about this man even though he continued to walk. I thought I had put my keys in my pocket, but they were in my bag. I was shaking so much that I tried multiple times to grab them. I managed to get them, and I opened the magnetic door, but the thought of closing the door immediately after me in case the man wanted to follow me. The door was closed, but the magnetic system wasn't yet on. The man was running to it, and pushed it violently with horrific eyes looking at me. The doors made of glass so I could see him. That's when I knew I was getting into real trouble. So without even thinking, I screamed as much as I could. I think. 
that's what saved my life. Immediately, the man ran to me, pushed me hard onto the ground, and started to choke me really hard. I was too stunned because I wasn't prepared for such a violent assault. While he was choking me, I couldn't scream at all or even breathe, and nobody, nobody was coming. So I really thought I was going to die. Looking into his bulging eyes, staring directly into mine with pure hate. I'm a small size, so I wasn't able to do anything with my arms at all. I couldn't reach him. I think it wasn't that long, but it felt like an eternity, and I lost consciousness for a moment. When I opened my eyes again, he had just run out, and I saw the caretaker's wife beside me. The caretaker was chasing after the man but didn't manage to get him. He came back and called the police. They caught that man within 10 minutes thanks to our description. I really don't know why he did that to me because when he attacked me, he didn't sexually assault me or rob me, which would have been easy. I can't understand why his only goal was to kill. I've never been thankful enough to my caretaker who came to help me, saved my life, because nobody else in the building even called the police. The man was judged three days later and is in jail now, but he denied everything, even though me and the caretaker identified him and that there are video proofs of him following me. So to the man that tried to kill me, let's not meet again. Yeah, it's a special kind of crazy when you attack someone in public and apparently have no regard or care for getting caught. Very, very worrying. Glad they caught the guy. Our next story is from Renegade2366, the follower in the state park. There are actually a couple of stories I'd like to share, but this is my first. When I was 18, I spent a lot of time in the Kohutu wilderness. My favorite spot was a set of waterfalls several miles from the nearest parking area. Most visitors just parked in the RV area and swam in the creek right along the gravel road. In the two years I hiked those trails, I never saw anyone further in than a half mile into the trail. Anyway, one Saturday I took my girlfriend to see the waterfalls, since she'd never seen one in person before. We set off on the trail, and not 15 minutes into the walk, she grabbed my arm and got quiet. She said she felt like she was being watched and had the heebie-jeebies. I assured her everything was safe. The only thing I'd ever had to worry about in my part of the woods were the occasional bear or copperhead. We continued on, but she could never shake the feeling of being watched. I just figured she wasn't used to wilderness and was having trouble adjusting. A couple of hours later, we finally reached the end of the trail and had a picnic at the bottom of the falls. After we finished eating, she tried to check her cell phone for messages and started to panic when she realized we had no service. I explained to her that there was no cell reception anywhere around for miles, that we're finally alone and can enjoy the peace and solitude, which of course made her panic. We started heading back almost immediately because she was clearly scared and I couldn't help but smile thinking it was silly. 
On the way back, I explained to her how many times I'd been out there all alone, never had any problems. But she still couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. We were about a mile from the falls on the only trail around when we heard someone call from behind. I nearly jumped out of my skin, turned around, and saw a man walking towards us. He had a rifle slung over his shoulder and a heavy beard with his hat tipped low. She took a small step behind me. What can I do for you? I asked, trying to sound friendly. You guys left your cell phone back at the falls, he said. I saw a slight grin behind his beard as he looked at my girlfriend. Oh, thanks for the assist, I said, extending my hand. He shook his head and told me he didn't bring it, and that it was still sitting up there, and maybe we should follow him back up there to get it ourselves. We politely declined and made our way back down the trail as quickly as we could with him following us on the trail several feet behind. He followed us all the way back to our car, and she showed me her cell phone when I opened her door. I haven't been back to that particular trail since then. You know, for a moment I was thinking, hey, it's just a nice guy, you know, maybe, maybe you're wrong, maybe he is just nice, but he knew it was your cell phone, which means he saw you drop it and didn't tell you he was there or tell you immediately. Hmm. Our next story is from HWXBL. The worst experience of my life. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before I start, I know a lot of people come here and say, this is 100% true, and half the time it seems like they've lied. I'll go to say what you're about to listen to is real. The events happened, and I still to this day do not understand it and do not expect you to either. Theories and possible explanations are hugely welcomed. I work in a well-known clothing retail store in the UK, and I work in the stockroom as part of the delivery-slash-stock team. About two or three weeks before Christmas 2014, maybe in between, I'd asked my store manager if we could work some overtime to get more money for Christmas presents, and she thought this was a smart move as my stockroom manager was out of the country on holiday for a week visiting family also. Nearing to Christmas, the deliveries get pretty big, almost three times the size of regular deliveries, so there was the work available for me to come in and complete. It would involve me stripping clothes from packets and hanging them within the stockroom. My manager had asked that rather than come in on a day I don't usually work, I work part-time, that I should instead stay for additional hours past my contracted ones, which meant I had to lock up. My manager trusted me to do this as I've worked there for almost three years now, so she handed me her master key. The only other master key was with my stockroom manager who was currently out of the country. This is where it begins. 
The time was nearing around 8pm at night. All of my colleagues had left the building and I locked the door after them, turned off the store music and secured the bottom loading bay where the deliveries come in. I was in the stockroom on the second floor, putting some hangers on the racking so that I could use them for the next delivery. I was stood underneath a puppy teddy that was stuffed between a pipe and a wooden piece of racking facing me. I'll post a picture. The teddy was an old toy from a delivery that was left behind and my colleagues had given it a name. The name I can't remember, the teddy isn't really spoken of much, it just sits there. My iPod was plugged into a pair of speakers that had been in the stockroom since forever. Only small things and I was happily completing my task. Happily until I heard a noise. Yes, that might sound cliche, but this noise was very familiar to my ears and it was the noise of the bottom loading bay shutters being opened. I thought someone must be in the store as the only way to open and shut them is from a panel next to them, from the inside. So I paused my music and proceeded to walk down the stairs out back to the bottom of the loading bay. It was when I was about halfway down, the noise suddenly stopped. What always creeps me out about this place is that the lighting around the corridors, staircases and stockrooms were lit up by strip lights. And these strip lights had sensors on them. So whenever you walked under one, you had a small click and it would come on. So there I was, gliding down the stairs, click, click, click. I burst into the loading bay expecting to see one of my colleagues, but lo and behold, it was empty. The shutters were shut. I embraced a shudder down my spine and simply span around and paced back to my workstation in the stockroom. I illuminated the strip lights and continued to hang some more hangers, the music from my iPod playing along, calming my nerves. Until I remembered, I turned my iPod off. I span around, horrified, and just stared at my iPod over on the shelf. As I took a breath and shook my head, I caught a glimpse, a glimpse of where the teddy should have been sitting. I was drenched with panic and took a step back to look further down the stockroom. About a hundred yard stretch where I suspected a culprit had fled only to face darkness. I stood for a moment, still bewildered by what had just unfolded when I heard a faint click. I instantly moved to my right to get a good look down the stockroom, but yet I still faced darkness. Click, click, click was all I heard gradually getting louder, closer. This is when Pavlov's theory kicked in and I realized no lights were switching on in sync with the click. No lights switched on at all. I turned to the door to see my only exit route, then spanned my head round back to be greeted with a dark figure in the distance. The figure was big, what I can only describe as perhaps a bodybuilder. I need glasses for long distance things and usually only wear them in the cinema or at football games. Anyway, the darkness didn't help. Within his hand, I could see a small object. Although when the hand clutched it, I could make out that it was the teddy. This is when I felt adrenaline, scream, and run. 
out the stockroom, down the corridor, through two doors, and to my right, straight into the ladies' toilets opposite the two offices. I ran straight into one of the four cubicles, the middle one, and locked myself in. I crouched on the toilet, crouched and shaking, partly because I'm a tall guy and partly because my heart was hammering in my ears, putting me off balance. The doors of the toilet took a while to close slowly, as they should, and listened out for anybody to be approaching. The doors shut closed, which gave me little relief, and I stopped and blinked, thinking for a moment. I wiped the sweat off my brow with my left forearm. As my head turned to meet my arm, I glanced down at the bottom of the cubicle. A face was there. A face was pulling away from underneath just as I caught a glimpse of the mouth and nose. My only description is that the teeth were black and seemed slightly bloody from a self-inflicted wound, and by the greyish skin tone and wrinkles, the person was old. I was injected with pure fear when I screamed, FUCK OFF! and kicked at the door, making it shake and slam, echoing around the walls in a thunder. I swung the door back, took a deep breath and braced myself before darting out of the toilets into the front of the store. I was charging along, prepared to attack anything to save myself from injury, yet nothing stood between me and the front door. I unlocked it with shaking hands and ran outside. I knew I'd left my coat and iPod inside, but I was eager to get out. Locking the sliding doors behind me, I spanned to the shutter lock on the wall. It's located at the bottom of the wall. Why it's on the bottom of the wall, I'm unsure. It's always been a hassle for people. I turned the key inside the lock and the shutters were descending. The store shutters were on the inside of the store, just past the alarms, and as I crouched there, slowly watching the shutters come down, Again, I witnessed the figure, still holding the teddy in the middle of the shop floor. It was dark outside, and it was dark inside at this point. The shop floor lights are different and have to be switched on in the office. I closed my eyes and begged the shutter to hurry as it hit the floor. I snatched the key and ran down the road to the high street. My phone was in my pocket where I always kept it, so I called the police and told them what had happened. I told them I believed a male had broken in. The police arrived shortly and I let them into the store. I had them escort me to the office, turned on the lights, and as I reached the office, I noticed the computer was on. I told them this wasn't on before, but they sped me up to turn the lights on so they could search the store. After touring them around the store to search, even the lift, they found nobody and told me to go home. The officers said that they would contact my manager tomorrow. The next day, I arrived at work at opening time, even though I wasn't scheduled to work. I was greeted by different officers from the night before and my store manager. We proceeded to go to the office just after my manager had opened the store and let my colleagues set up. The officers had said that they'd continue a search that day and night again but that my manager should ask for CCTV to be installed. The reason our store doesn't have cameras is because the theft rate isn't high enough to have them, apparently. We all think that's dumb. Then again, we get away with messing around sometimes. 
I walked to the dark room to get my iPod and coat before leaving, when one last stab of fear yanked my heart to my boots when I glared at the teddy, stuffed back into its usual spot. I was allowed two contracted days off that week to rest. I think my manager thought I was seeing things and needed to sort myself out. I returned to work as usual. I was happy to do so as it was within the daytime and the store was full of people. Nothing has happened since. I still don't know how it was possible or what happened, if it was a prank or if someone had motive. Some people think I'm crazy. Some people think it might be a group. Alright ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as always. I can't wait to see you in the next one. If you got this far, why not drop us a cheeky little review on the site where you're listening? It would mean a lot to us. It would be a big help. But thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. I will see you in the next episode. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.